This is the Doug Marone Show. The Doug Marone Show. Former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman and J.P. Shadrick discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Marone Show starts right now. Welcome in, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone. The AFC Championship game coming up Sunday in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium at 3.05 kickoff time as the Jags meet the New England Patriots. Here it is, coach, finally. Yeah, uh, you know, we've been working hard this week and... You know, we're getting to the end of the week, but obviously our, our focus is on our preparation and getting ready to play Sunday. Seems like uh, it's a long time ago now that August uh, training camp practice up in Foxborough, but uh, it's it's kind of ironic. You're back uh, at New England to, to finish out the AFC portion of the schedule, at least, right? Well, I mean, it, it is in, in the same sense, though. You know, I think when you go back and, you, and you're in the AFC and you understand you know, the type of team that New England has and then being in seven straight, you know, conference championship games. You know, the irony of it was, hey, listen, this is where we're beginning and we know we're going to be back. You, you know, and not that we made that public or said that, but I know in the back of my mind I'm thinking to myself, hey, listen, if we can play the way I think we can play during the course of the year and, you know, obviously it's a long season and, you know, it's a, a progressive goals, meaning as we go forward – is that as long as I know we can we can keep doing that and keep getting better as the season goes along, you know you know it's probably going to go through New England. You know, going all the way back to those practices, I, I got I got a lot out of it because I mean, I, for me, it was kind of a treat to be able to watch and evaluate uh, the team, the Jaguars team, but then also to see how a team that is really the gold standard in football, how they practice, how they go about their business, and. Doug, to be honest with you, I've always kind of looked at practice and, and how the special teams part of practice runs is usually kind of a good indicator of how the overall operation works. And that operation standpoint from the from the New England Patriots, they were just clean and efficient and ran practice smooth as ever. Well, you know, I, I mean, for me, you know, I was thinking to myself and, and having done this before when I was in Buffalo, we went up to Pittsburgh and, and had a couple of really good days of practice. I thought that was um, extremely beneficial, you know, for our team at that time. And, and Pittsburgh is another team like New England that, that gets into that category of being, you know, one of those eight teams that are always there. And I, I just thought, you know, in the beginning and, and you know, Coach Belichick was, was great and, and obviously I have a relationship with him. And I just thought that, hey, listen, you know what, um, you know, let's go up there. Uh, I know how we want to practice. I know what we want to do. And, you know, they're obviously, you know, world champions. And let's go up there and, and, and let's practice against them. And, and, and I, I think it would be beneficial for us. And I think, you know, at the same time, you know, I thought, you know, you don't want to be the head coach and say, listen, you know, I think that, you know, this is just about the players learning. I thought, it, I thought it would be a learning experience from all of us. In other words, even myself, I saw it to myself, you know, I can go up there and I can learn some things. And like I said, you know, during the week, you know, I, I learned that, you know, we had a long way to go from a standpoint of situational football that we haven't had an opportunity to work on during OTAs and mini camps and things of that nature. Um, but when we went to the preseason, hey, listen, you know, we're a little bit behind on this. We we got to get ourselves accelerated. And I think, you know, those things helped us, uh, you know, during the year. So I think that was very, very beneficial for our football team. We're finding out this week, Doug, that Everybody has an answer for beating the Patriots, <laughs> right? I for every other team, no one's really you know have really jumped in, and you know, and I don't know whether it's because it's it's at this 
point in the season when you're playing for the championship, you know, the AFC championship or not. But, you know, you know, during the year, you don't get a lot. You know, game one, you're playing Houston, the Houston Texans, and, you know, no one's really saying anything. They're kind of just sitting back, and, you know, as you go. Then all of a sudden, you know, this week, you know, whether it's emails and, and people that are close to me or, you know, people that are close to other coaches on our staff and things of that nature. Now all of a sudden, everyone, everyone – and I always say the same thing. Like, I think to myself, okay – uh, all, all these people on the outside have, you know, these, um, whatever it is, these, these, these thoughts on, on how you beat this team, but yet, uh, credit to new England. I mean, they haven't been beaten much, especially at home. I think, you know, from 2001 to now, I think they've only lost, you know, 24 times at home. And, you know, a lot of those games, you know, at the end of the year, they, they didn't play a lot of players. So, um, you know, and that's why I've said early in the week, it's, it's the toughest place to play. It's a, it's a difficult place. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. I, I, you know, but, but, you know, I appreciate all the people that, that are trying to help. And, and, and again, you know, we'll take all the help we can get. We're, I'm not one of those coaches like, well, well, wait a minute. I have this down now. I know this team. I'll take all the help. I mean, Shoot, you know the Bulls' first graders called, and you know I'm I'm going to look through that, and you know there were some good things in that too, but you know, and and I and I mean that sincerely. I mean, you know, I don't really, I I don't have I'll take as much help as I can from everyone. I really will. I'll look at it and see if it works for our team and what's best for it. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're all about this whole organization from Tom to Dave you know, to the assistant coaches that have done a great job, to the players, you know, we'll 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 take as much as we can and, and, and that's you know, advice and, and if it's gonna help us win, we'll take it. What's been been the toughest part of preparing for a team like the New England Patriot? Because I think each each team, you know, has a unique set of challenges. What is unique to the Patriots? I think, you know, some of the things that are unique to them is that, you know, you know, uh, the errors that you may create. You know, there's little things that go on during the course of the game situationally, like, you know, they're going to run a team on the field. You better make sure you're not celebrating too much. You better run off. You better be able to uh, substitute well against them because they'll they'll move the tempo in and out from a, you know, a defensive standpoint, you know that, you know, in critical situations, they're going to move their front at the last minute. You have to be focused in on what you're doing. And 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 knowing that they, out of all the teams I've ever gone against or faced, if you make a mistake, it it's, it's going to be costly. So the discipline that you have within your team is, is going to be at its highest standard. In other words, when you go into a game, you know, hey, we stopped them on third down, you're celebrating. Oh, here comes the punt team. They punt it. You got 12 on the field. Here we go. The First drive's down, extended. Right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, and I think, you know, I mean, they're very talented. I don't want to say that that's how they win games. They can win games with their talent. And then strategically, it's it's a chess match. It's, you know, and obviously you know that there's the performance and you have to perform well, but – you know, hey, what they're calling defensively or what we're calling offensively or vice versa or special teams or what you're doing. It's a constant chess match of, you know, everything that's going on that people on the outside can't really see, you know, but, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that we, we stay ahead of the game and, and try to create some type of advantage that we are able as coaches to put our players in a position to be able to win. 
You excited for this chess match? Fired up? This is your moment yeah, of the sun, too. You know, you know, someone asked me, like, you know, there's a lot of coaches that say, God, this is a great profession except for Sunday, you know, or this is a great job except for, you know, you know, the games that you play. I've always, like, when I've sat back at whatever I were at the Senior Bowl or the Combine, I've heard people say that. I'm like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm screwed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking I'm, I'm the opposite. I'd rather – my whole thing from a competition standpoint when you're a coach, because it's difficult. You know, you're not out there on the field. You're not there performing as a player. And most of us as coaches have been players in the past. So you kind of understand what's going on. But, you know, when you're a coach, you're not that. But for me, the the competitiveness and, and I think with our coaches is that, okay, do we have the right game plan? Do we have the right calls? Do we prepare the team the best we can? And you know what? Sunday – is really the test to say, you know, did you do a good enough job during the week? And are you putting your your team in a position to win games? And for me, that that that's the most important that that's what that's what drives me. You know, that competitiveness on Sunday to say, you know, hey, did we give the team an opportunity? And if you can say that and you can walk away as a coach and say, hey, look, you know what? We gave our guys an opportunity and didn't take something away from them. You know, then then that's what that's all you can ask for as a coach. And then, you know, did we prepare the players enough to to make sure their performance is good enough to win? Because I still think, you know, there's more of that. I take more of that. The players might say, hey, listen, we got to go out there and make plays. Coach put us in a position, you know, whether it's offense, defense or special teams. But, you know, when those players are able to produce those plays, you know, for me, in my mind, I think to myself, okay, hey, we prepare them for that. We put them in that situation. We show them that. And I think that's, that's, that's the greatest part about coaching. We'll come back. Tom Brady's on the other side this week. You might have heard of him. Rob Gronkowski as well. We'll get into the Patriots' offense when we return. It's the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. Fifty Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone. The Doug Marone Show continues. The AFC Championship game in Foxborough this Sunday. Tom Brady is on the other side. 40-year-old Tom Brady. Gasp, he threw eight interceptions in the regular season this year. That's up from two a year ago. Uh, I mean, the, the guy is still, I mean, he's the all-time great quarterback, Doug. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and you know, obviously, I've seen him. I, I, I was there in the beginning, you know, when I was at the New York Jets and watched him come in, and you know, he's the ultimate competitor, you know, and you know, I, I just, you really can't say enough about the guy. I mean, um, he, he's he's an outstanding quarterback, and it's going to be a great challenge for us. It's going to be a great challenge for us in a couple of ways, you know, obviously from the back end. You know, we want to, you know, keep him thinking and not really knowing exactly what, you know, what we're in or things of that nature. And, you know, we're obviously going to have to hold up whether we're in zone or man, you know, and, 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 and then obviously we're going to have to get some pressure on him from, you know, from our defense. And, you know, when you can do the, when you can do those things, you have an opportunity. But, um, you know, he's very difficult. He's, he's like in having another coach on the field. He knows what he wants to do. I think they do a great job with tempo. And, um, you know, you're talking about a team or a quarterback. Obviously, I, I believe that he is, you know, the best quarterback that's ever played. I, I really believe that. And it's going to be a great challenge for our guys, and, and we've worked hard to, um, you know, be ready for it. 
he's so unique in that he does such a great job of distributing the ball to to any of his receivers. You know, they they love different personnel groupings, but you know, if he's got Gronkowski in a favorable matchup, he's going to look towards him, obviously. But look, if he doesn't have a favorable matchup somewhere, he's going to throw it to Deion Lewis underneath, or James White underneath, or Danny Amendola, or whoever. I mean, that's the beautiful part about him is that he is so good at that. Yeah, and, you know, and everyone has a unique skill, you know, for what they have on the outside. You know, you have Brandon Cooks, who has, you know, tremendous speed, can get vertically down the field and has really good wiggle. And then, obviously, Amendola is a guy that, you know, from an intermediate route standpoint, it's very difficult to cover. You know, he can go in, he can go out, you know, he's you know has quick twitch. You know, Chris Hogan's a big guy, just, you know, does a lot of dirty work for him. You know, and then, you know, you have a guy like Gronk, who's, you know, like I said earlier in the week, who's a, a matchup nightmare. And then, you know, so now all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is, this is who they have, you know, on the perimeter, you know, what's going on. And then you look at, you know, their running back situation. And, and, and at the end of the day, you know, no one really talks about them, but those are the guys that can kill you, you know, you know, when you're talking about the third down and things of that nature. So, you know, it's difficult, like I said earlier in the week, you know, some teams you play against, you're like, hey, if we take this guy out, we're going to force this quarterback to go ahead and throw the ball to people he may not necessarily have thrown the ball to and been successful. But even when you look at New England and you look at what they've done, you know, it's been pretty consistent, you know, you know, 29 targets, 25 targets, 26 targets, 24 targets, 25 targets, you know, as you go down the list of those players. So, you know, and that and that's what creates a great challenge. And, you know, our players understand that and, and everyone has to be aware of it and everyone has to be ready for that ball coming to their side and being challenged. Boy, so much of the of the conversation always seems kind of be directed on that side of the ball. And obviously, you know, there's reason for that with Tom Brady and, and the greatness that he's been able to produce. But on the other side of the ball, Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, you know, year in and year out, especially the the last couple Super Bowls that they've been to, defensively, the yards per allowed yards per game allowed has always been pretty high, but the one category that that defense has always been pretty good in the last couple of years, points allowed per game. How can a team that gives up so many yards be so good in the points allowed category? What, what what's what's so different? Well, I think a couple of things. I think you know you look at the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about those uh, statistics is you're talking about red zone. And, you know, I know that they spend, you know, quite a bit of time on that, you know, and, I, I, you know, Matty P, I, I've known him for, for a long period of time, and he's done a great job. And probably, you know, more recently from competing against that defense, he's done a, a, a really outstanding job, meaning that I don't want to take anything away from the players that they have now, but, when you know, when I first started competing against, you know, New England in, in the early, you know, in the early 2000s, I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, you had Rabel and McGinnis, you had Ted Johnson, you had, you know, Brucey, you had Seymour. Malloy, you had Seymour, you had Wolfork was a rookie, you had, you know, Ty Law on the outside. You know, you had all these players that I think a lot of people in the league or a lot of people in the media can relate to as, as really, really great football players. And, you know, then all of a sudden, maybe it's more of a no-name type of defense because and I don't know why, maybe because the offense gets so much credit or not, but, you know, you're talking about, you know, the guys that they have now, and they play so well together. 
You know, they, they're, they're smart. They know what, you know, if you call a front and you call a coverage, you, they know what the weaknesses are. They know what the strengths are. They know what you do offensively, and, and they do an outstanding job. And then, But I think when you look at the red zone, I think that's what you see. That's why, you know, they have denied a lot of people in the red zone. You know, I think that, you know, defensively, you know, we're up there offensively. When you look, when you look at the two teams and you look at all the statistics – on the two teams and what they're doing. When you look at the red zone, I think their offense is number one in possessions in the red zone with 70. You know, obviously we're like fourth with like 50. So they've had 20 more possessions in the red zone. You look at touchdown percentage, it's close. Then you look at our defense compared to their defense as far as what they've been doing. And I think that's the one thing I know that when I was going through all the numbers and looking at things during the week that stuck out to me. And I think that's one of the reasons why they've, they've been very successful. And on the flip side, as you mentioned, there, the Jags in the red zone offensively. Blake has been fantastic in the red zone this year. And that's helped you guys out tremendously. It, it has. I mean, we've done a, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and the offensive staff, you know, when you're looking at, you know, what we've done in the red zone, a lot of things, you know, situationally people, people don't talk a lot about situational football. You know, there's things we can improve on. Obviously third down for us, we've been hit or miss. We, we need to put the first back to back good third downs together. You know, we were really good on third down, uh, against Pittsburgh last week. We were really good in the first game against them, and we knew that was going to be one of the keys going into the game. You know, obviously in this game we have to be very good on third down to keep the ball, keep possessing it, you know, move the ball down the field. We've been very successful in in the red zone, and it's interesting. I, I was thinking to myself today, you know, is that something that's going to really play a key role in this game, you know, with the two teams being so equally um, – you know, as far as statistics in the red zone, is that, is that going to be the key to the game? I, I don't know that, but I know those are things that cross my mind during the week when I look at everything. Well, a great challenge. going to be a great atmosphere. And uh, what's the one thing that, that you know, you always, and from a coaching standpoint, I think, even from a broadcast standpoint, there's always one thing that you kind of go into every game and you're like, you know, I'm just not sure about that. Do you do you always have that feeling in every game that you're, there's this one thing you're just not quite sure about, but you may be confident in all of the other areas? You know, you know, Jeff, that, that's a good question. I, I really go in because we spend so much time, you know, myself, Todd Wash, you know, Jody Camillus and Nathaniel, you know, going through the plans and practicing and watching it that it's, you know, it's built during the week of where you feel, hey, listen, you know what? This is what we're going to do, and you and I feel extremely confident in it. I mean, I really do because the picture's already painted. The, the the picture on my mind. I constantly play the game, even though it hasn't been played yet. Through my mind, through my mind, through my mind. I think the coordinators do the same thing. You know, then it comes on Sunday, and I'm I'm all riled up. So I constantly go through that picture in my mind, and because I believe when we when the four of us speak. And, you know, we meet quite a bit during the week, just the four of us. And, you know, we talk about the plan and how we want to play and what we want to do that, you know, I, you know, if there's anything that we don't feel very confident in or maybe we're not comfortable in, we're, we're taking it out. No different than if a player comes to us and says, ah, you know, I, I really don't I'm really not sure on this. If we can't um, feel the confidence in the player, we're taking it out. You know, we don't want to be in a situation, and it, this this is not just because it's this game. This is from game one to now. We want to make sure as a football team that, you know, we are completely confident 
from a player standpoint, coaching standpoint, a preparation standpoint, and what we're doing. And let's put it out there on Sunday and and see if we can perform and are we right in what we're trying to do schematically. That that's that's how we how we go. Eliminate any doubt, and if you have any doubt pop up, first grade Get bowls first grade bowls book might have the answer. <laughs> they, right there, I'll though. tell you what, there was a lot of great <laughs> inspiration, a, and you know what. And, and I mean this. There's a lot of things in there. There's a lot of things that people have, you know, emailed or wrote letters to that that come into play. That, you know, I know I appreciate and, and things that we've, you know, you know, talked to our players about and used. You know, obviously not just for this game, but during the whole course of the year. There's some classic lines in here. <laughs> Don't make flags, Doug. No doubt. Don't make flags. There's no point. doubt. That's right. Penalties, point. right? It's an excellent point. They don't, exactly. Don't yeah. be nervous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Eat more chicken. Yeah, I agree with that one. I'll eat more of anything. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, let's go get one Sunday in Foxborough. How about it? I, it feels good. Thank you, JP. Thank you, Jeff. Head coach Doug Marone with us. The Doug Marone Show continues in a moment on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back to the HananiahAutos.com studio. The Doug Marone Show continues right now. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Marone out of here, getting set for the AFC Championship game. The winner on to Super Bowl 52. The Jags and the Patriots for the Lamar Hunt Trophy coming up at Gillette Stadium, 3.05 to kickoff time Sunday. Uh, interesting thoughts from Doug there at the end of, of our conversation with him tonight. You asked him about uh, if there's a certain part of a game that uh, you're not so sure about some Well, weeks. because – and the reason I asked that is because, uh, you know, I think uh, – when we approach the game from a broadcast standpoint, you know, because we're we're not involved in in the day to day type of thing, there's certain parts of the game that you know that you feel really good about how you think they're going to go, but then there's also parts of the game. I mean, from an analyst standpoint, that I, I just I'm not sure. You know, maybe a matchup. You know, I'm just not quite sure we'll how just, let's just see it how out, that's going to you know? go. Right. And the great thing is, is from a broadcast stamp standpoint. You don't have to know. You don't have to predict it, and you're not trying to put a game plan together to, for some type of expected outcome. You just talk about what happens, you know. But I think from a coaching standpoint, that's where the interesting thing comes in. From my standpoint, is you know, from a head coach's standpoint, do you ever get into a game and there are certain areas that you're just not quite sure how it's going to go? And it was a great answer by him, because you know, from talking to different people around the organization, and then also. Uh, people that have worked with Doug Marone in the past, they talk about that as being one of his strengths. Because as a head coach, you know, you're know you basically navigating the ship in the direction that you need it to go. And as a head coach, you also need to point the ships, when I say ships, offense, defense, special teams, uh, and the team as a whole to point it in the right direction. And, and from what I hear, he does a great job of honing you know, kind of keys to victory for each unit. And, and given that unit a particular focus of what they need to focus in on to play winning football. And uh, and it was interesting to hear him talk about that, about how, you know, he, he feels like that the picture has been painted in his mind and throughout the course of the week, and if there was anything that they had that was a part of that picture that they weren't clear on, they threw it out from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. From a player standpoint, they threw it out so that the picture remained clear and focused and it was it was interesting to hear that commentary, you know, after hearing different reports from different people about that that is one of the one of the strengths of Doug Marone as a head coach. When in doubt, get it out. I yeah, like I guess it, I mean, new hashtag. Yeah, you could say that, but I mean it's a 
Because, I mean, it's unique. I mean, as, as, as a head coach, you know, you're the one that is providing the direction. And, That's and, right. And if you can give, you know, tangible things uh, for your team to concentrate on, to focus on accomplishing, that they know if they reach these things, victory will be, you know, right after. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's pretty cool stuff, though, and and it works hand in hand from each group of the uh, each side of the ball, right? Because the offense has to complement what the defense is doing. Yes, too, well, right? and, I, and I guarantee you, look, Doug's picture didn't, you know, last week probably didn't have forty five <laughs> points of offense, you know, but it worked out. But you, you know, know hey. I mean, he, I'm sure that part of his picture was is that the defense would, you know, get a couple takeaways and probably score on defense, and part of that picture also was that the offense would be aggressive and move the chains, and when Pittsburgh's scored that it would respond i mean you know so maybe not to the degree of what we saw it last week but i, I think components of that picture i think are, were certainly painted yeah i mean it's hard to predict ben roethlisberger throwing for 469 and, and five touchdowns and and some fourth down throws and catches that are just unbelievable you can't even dream those up no. that happened in that football game last week no and it's you know and, and one thing you, you kind of uh we kind of look at this week, and, and I've been kind of watching just because, I mean, my personal experience, and, and me and Baselli were talking about this this past week, mm-hmm. and that we remember in 1996, you know, when we were in the playoffs and, and we played Buffalo and we went into that game, not necessarily loose. Uh, we kind of had to create, you know, and it was really the play that Clyde Simmons made in that game that kind of sparked us, and I want to say uh, sparked us or woke us up to where we really played and said, hey, we belong, and let's make our plays, let's be us. And then when we went to, to Denver, we were we were loose. You know, we were ready to go. Oh, yeah, sure. And then when we went to New England for the AFC title game that January day in 1997, we were kind of tight. You know, because even though we were – Look, we're the Cinderella story, you know, and, and I can hear Bill, Bill Murray saying that <laughs> in my mind as I say it. <laughs> the Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I can hear him saying that. But, but I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. But when you, when you go to an AFC title game, you know what's at stake? It's no longer, hey, look, we're just happy to be here and having a good time. We're no. playing loose. You know, There's a trophy on the sideline. There's a bigger one in two weeks. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. So the stakes get big. You know, When the stakes get big, sometimes the tenseness and the nervousness can, can come in. And, and I just get the impression that, you know, listening to Doug, he's loose. Uh, from talking to some of the players today, they're loose. And that's that's a good sense, you know, and a and a, and a good thing to feel and a good thing to see, uh, because you don't want, you know, this game to kind of get to them. Because you know what, you know what the other team's thought is, mm-hmm. they were expecting to be in this game. They knew all year, they were working towards playing this game. They've been in six in a row. Let's get to seven. They're, yeah, they're not thought, ner- right? they're not nervous. Ooh. You know, they 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 knew when they signed up and put the pads on in August, they were going to be in this moment, and so. You know that they are ready for the moment. When we return, we'll get into the Jaguars' offensive execution last week and if they can come close to duplicating that this week against the Patriots. A little later into Tom Brady and Gronkowski. How do you defend against those guys? This is the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. That says about guys, you know, being ready for the opportunity when their number was called. You know, it may not be a lot of opportunities, you know, but when, when it comes down to it, just making the plays. You know, so far as even on third down, you know, everyone made a play when their number was called. 
as far as I had one, Marquise had one. You see, Diddy had a clutch one, you know, the uh, catch that Cole made, you know, um, that was tremendous in big time. Also, if you go back, you can see it, uh, the long catch that uh, TJ had, Blake had a scramble. You know, it's just that every guy's being ready for the opportunity. And when it comes down to it, you know, uh, we said that we had a bit better on third down this week. So um, I felt good, very good about the game plan. That's for everybody else. You know, uh, you've seen we win a couple of uh, four receiver sets, you know. So I'm just trying a little different things, you know. But when it comes down to it, we just had to make the most of our opportunities. There's Alan Hearns, Jaguars wide receiver. The Doug Marone Show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Jags head coach Doug Marone with us in the first half hour tonight. Interesting point there. I mean, last week, remember, the Jags offense had 14 completions mm-hmm. for Blake Bortles to nine different receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, third downs were great in the game. You heard Doug talking about that earlier. So yeah, they this were, is one of the best executed offensive days in a long time. Right? Well, they were they were eight of fourteen on third down. What is that like fifty seven, sixty percent somewhere in that range? Uh, very productive day. A lot of different people caught the ball. You know, I think the one difference though that that is going to be uh, this week that last week against Pittsburgh, you know, you had uh, Alan Hearns, Dede Westbrook, and Keelan Cole all had one catch each. Yeah, about that. Uh, which you know, what the year, uh, the week before, Alan Hearns, Keelan Cole, Marquise Lee had zero. Okay, mm-hmm. Didi had all the catches against Buffalo. So you have two weeks in the playoffs to where your wide receivers have not caught a lot of balls. And I guarantee you that this week, Bill Belichick has always you know been about stopping what you do best. Well, what do the Jaguars do best? They run the ball. Okay, what do the Tennessee Titans do best? They ran the football. Okay, Derrick Henry against the New England Patriots had 12 carries for 28 yards. Okay? I mean, stuffed them. Sure. Stuffed them. And they, you know, they had the lead early in that game, too, the Titans did. Yeah, so, you know, uh, expect Bill Belichick to make the Jaguars throw the football consistently to win. And I still think that the Jaguars will be able to run the ball at times, but if if Bill Belichick accomplishes what he has done historically, you will have to throw the football with success to be able to, to put points on the board. It's the way he is. I mean, it, and so uh, Blake's got to be good. The wide receivers have to be good, and I think it's going to be a very very challenging day because you know what what Doug talked about when he when he referred back to the early two thousands when. New England was winning with a great defense. I remember going to New England this year in August and looking at their defensive personnel going, they're not very good. Yeah, who are these guys, first of all, and well, second? I mean, well, you right. know who some of them were, yeah. but some of them you went and said, he's not very good. You know, How are they going to be able to generate pass rush? Or how are they going to be able to stop people? It's very apparent that, you know, that – it is kind of a no-name defense, but there, there are some good football players with this defense. Uh, but, you know, the, the old saying, they don't have a ton of stars, but the, the sum of the parts play greater than as a whole for that defense is so true. You know, you can, you can add up each individual player of the New England Patriots on defense, and it, let's say it equals a 60 rating. But as a, as a defense, they play like, a, like an 80 rating team. Which is very unique, which shows, first of all, they're very well coached. They have a very good game plan. 
and they're very efficient, and they don't miss anything. They don't make mistakes, and I think that's the calling card of the Patriots' defense, and it's challenging. And look, in the last three games, they've gotten, I think, 18 sacks. They got eight against the Tennessee Titans, and then they got 10 in the two games prior to that. So it's going to be a challenging football game, very challenging football game. Let me ask you this way. Is there a player on the Patriots' defense that would start for the Jags? Uh, that's a great question. To go to your point. Well, that's I mean, a great you question. Know I mean? You know, I, you know, the, one of the guys I think that really stands out for me, uh, Trey Flowers, very productive player. You know, he's in his third year. He was a fourth-round pick back in 15, consistent player. You know, and he actually plays with the front seven guys. I think he plays the most percentage of snaps in the front, you know, the front guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the safeties are pretty good. Uh, I think uh, Devin McCourty and Patrick Chung really are the heart of the defense, and I think the, the strength of that defense. And I think that they would give the Jaguar safeties a run for their money starting. Yeah. Uh, up front. No, no. Uh, I think it's a good group for the Jags up front. I mean, though, Malcolm really. Brown's a good a good football player. He may make a run to start at nose tackle. I mean, he'd probably be in that conversation. Uh, the rest of the guys, probably not. Uh, Trey Flowers would be in the rotation here all day long. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, Malcolm Butler, they'd give Aaron Colvin a run for their money, but they're not taking AJ Boya or Jalen Ramsey out of the lineup. Sure. You know, we'll come back. We'll uh, see how you, Jeff Lagerman, will defend Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> this Sunday. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool if they if they didn't throw it to their number one target. But um yeah, we, we just gotta have a real focus week this week. Um it's definitely a challenge. Gronk is um Gronk is drunk, you know what I mean? He's six eight, he's he's hard to cover. Um he is what he is, but um we have a guy that's capable to to give him a challenge. I mean you can't stop a guy like that but but for the most part I feel like we have guys that that can match up for him give him a challenge you know try to make Brady make a difficult pass try to make it a difficult catch things like that so I think that's the thing we focus on most there's Miles Jack Jaguars tied in the Doug Marone show continues J.P. Shadrick Jeff Lagerman Doug Marone with us in the first half hour each week defending Rob Gronkowski has been quite a topic this week and you know everybody has the ideas of how to beat the Patriots well Everybody has ideas of how to cover Gronkowski, too. I'll just throw Jalen on him or put Miles Jack in a safety on him or, you know, put five I, guys I, on I, him. Well, I like all three of those ideas. Why not, right? No. I, I mean, <laughs> everybody's got an idea, but nothing seems to work covering Gronk. Uh, well, you know, look, I, I think he can be covered, uh, but I think you know, you're know you not going to be able to shut him out. I mean, he's he's just too good of a football player. Uh, and if you if you choose to double Gronkowski, then it obviously opens up the door for others. You know, with the New England Patriots offense, and they and they've got a lot of weapons. And Tom Brady, if if he sees Gronkowski out there one on one, it doesn't matter who's covering him. For the most part, he's he's going to not look at anybody else, and he's going to target Rob and, and and feed him the ball. And so, and it's a great challenge. And actually. Now, Film Room Friday coming up with Jaguars.com tomorrow oh, morning. Yes, I like that. Will be a video segment where I talk specifically about covering Rob Gronkowski. Ah, and so you don't want to spill all your beans tonight well, because I'll, you've I'll got to you, save it for tomorrow. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll with got, you. give you a, a couple teases here. There, there are certain personnel groupings where I think it gets very interesting about some of the, some of the possibilities. Because, uh, uh, look, Jalen Ramsey is, is physical. He's long, he is an ultimate competitor, and he's a shut-down corner. 
And if you go and you can look at what the Denver Broncos did, mm-hmm. uh, who's the corner that resides in Denver that's pretty doggone good? Aqib Tlaib. Aqib Tlaib. Uh, measurables may be similar to Jalen Ramsey? Pro- yeah. Sure. Height, length, yeah. weight. Okay. Okay, pretty All similar. Right. Well, the Denver Broncos did it. Mm. So why not Jalen Ramsey? And uh, What happens? Do you, do you follow him around? Well, I, that's where that's the where it gets tough. Well, that's where I get into a little bit, you know, tomorrow okay. personnel okay. groups. I don't want to. I don't. And, no, not, I'm not going to give it all away, but I, but I will say this. You know, the Patriots when they're in their in their base defense, where they've got a fullback, a tight end, and two wide receivers, or when they're in their what I call twelve personnel, one back, two tight ends, where uh, Dwayne Allen, the former Colt tight end, is on the field with Gronkowski. I think in those two personnel groupings, it's very difficult to get Jalen Ramsey on a Gronk. When the Patriots are in what is called 11 personnel where you have a back and a tight end and three wide receivers, it's, it, I think there's the possibility exists for you to match up Jalen on Gronkowski. So if you take Jalen put him on Gronk, something else has to happen. Mm-hmm. A safety has to cover a wide receiver. Okay. Which safety would you have confidence in, JP, right. of covering a wide receiver? That's a good point. Tayshon Gibson is the, has been on the injury report this week, right? That's the question that's, mark. That's, that's the thing that I'm kind of watching. You know, is is he the better one? But is he better with? Well, a, with look, a here, he, I don't no. think Barry Church. That's not what he. No, that's either. not what he does best. Okay, uh, Barry Church is uh, you know cover the tight end, cover backs, uh, you know play you know a little bit in center field, play a little bit of deep half. But Sean Gibson has the ability, and he's done it before. He's played nickel. He's played against you know wide receivers. I think he can cover Chris Hogan like a book. Or do you trust a, a, a younger corner to come out? A guy like Myrick to well, come then, off the well, bench. Well, then you right? then you get in the conversation of where you're talking about. Okay, if Myrick is on the field, or you know Tyler Patman, now you could be looking at the Jaguars defensively being in a dime defense. Okay, where they take one linebacker out which gives them the ability to put another defensive back, cornerback, on a wide receiver. So so there's there's capabilities, and the Patriots do a, a great job of really moving Rob Gronkowski around to get the matchups that they want and also to kind of get the defense to declare what they're doing against Rob Gronkowski. They'll line up Rob as a split wide receiver. They'll line him up as, as a slot receiver. They'll line him up as an inline tight end, as an off-the-ball yeah. H-back. And they'll shift him they'll line him around. Up, they'll yeah. line him up as a fullback, mm-hmm. you know, hoping to get a matchup one-on-one against a middle linebacker, which they did against Wesley Woodyard in the Tennessee Titans game, and Gronkowski ate him up. You know, so uh, to me, that the, the chess match of covering Gronkowski is one of the most anticipated things that, that I have had in my endless career in a long time. I can't wait to see it. Should be must-see, uh, must-listen radio this uh, Sunday. I, I love it. Well, and remember, it, uh, we, we talk about some of that tomorrow. Film Room Friday, Jaguars.com. I like that. We'll return and discuss Leonard Fournette. How will the running back be this week? Coming off the ankle issue, he's been on the practice field. This is the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. I'm good. I mean, I had my seatbelt on, so uh, I wasn't really worried. But uh, uh, it's so crazy because the lady and uh, in laws like Pittsburgh fans. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's about the only thing. But just uh, just making sure everybody was all right. You know, everybody was in uh, great health. And uh, I gotta wait to get my car to shop now. Did he ask for the bumper? 
Yeah, he did. It was, it was crazy because, uh, you know, I wasn't really worried about it. The bump was on the ground, you know, and uh, I was in a car waiting for the police to come. And he just came out nowhere, like, man, can you sign this for me? I'm like, you want me to sign a bumper? You know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. And like, well, whatever, it's cool. First bumper you ever signed, I assume? Yeah, first first, and uh, hopefully the last. There you have it, Leonard Fournette, discussing his fender bender. Bumper bender, I guess, on Tuesday. Doug Marone show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Doug Marone joined us in the first half hour. And what a week it's been for Leonard, right? Three touchdowns in the playoff game in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. He has the fender bender on uh, Tuesday. Reports this afternoon after the press conference that the car was totaled, by the way, the, the Maybach Mercedes. It's uh, uh, quite a pretty penny. Uh, it's mm. his birthday today also. He's Happy 23 birthday. years old. And he's going to play an AFC championship game in his rookie season next week. Yeah, and, he, and he, hey, look, he said he said today, too, that, look, you know, birthdays uh, stop being special after you're like 15 or 16. What is he talking about, man? I mean, birthdays are always good, right? I mean, come on, Leonard. I thought it was crazy, though, that uh, the fan or the people that hit him from behind were Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> was that, the, one of them was at the game. They have photos I mean, from the game. Yeah. I'm just glad glad he's okay and uh, and everybody else is okay. And the ankle seems to be okay, too, more importantly. Right? Well, you know, yes. look, we're, we're going to see how the ankle is. I mean, look, I don't, I don't think the wreck had any impact on the ankle. No, no, but, no, no. That's not but what I'm saying. We're, look, right. we're, we're going to find out how good that ankle is because, you know what, in the first half of that game in Pittsburgh, he looked good now. I mean. That's the best he's looked, I mean, all been second a while. Half of the season. It's been right? a while, right? You know, had some, uh, had some power, had some quickness, had a burst. And then in the, in the second half, you kind of saw what you've seen a little bit of, you know, in the last couple games, which is, you know, anytime somebody got around his feet, you know, it was kind of like, I don't want to say surrender, but it was easier to get him down and, and short step in and wasn't quite cutting. And, you know, so we'll see how effective he is because, you know what, uh, you know, Doug Marone said it just a little bit ago, you know, possessing the ball and converting third downs and controlling time of possession is also a great way to play defense, and that's keeping Tom Brady off the field. I think uh, when Leonard Fournette was on with Deion Sanders after the game Sunday, uh, Leonard said that Deion had called him the tiptoe burglar earlier in the year, so he didn't he didn't forget that. So no, and he played well. And De- well Deion was week. calling it like he saw it. You know, Deion Deion was on the money with that one. Now we'll come back. Uh, we'll look at the injury report, including the New England Patriots quarterback mm-hmm. who didn't practice today. Mm-hmm. This is the Doug Marone Show on Jaguars Radio. Why don't you think experience helps? Because they're talking about how the, how the teams are going to compete on Sunday. That's what's going to determine the winner in that competition. What happened Sunday, not what happened last year, two years ago, five years ago, or 15 years ago, whatever it was, 1996, whatever it is. I mean, those games don't make any difference. <laughs> Bill Belichick in the press conference at Foxborough this week with the New England media. The Doug Marone show continues. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff He's Lugger. right. The question was about, you know, the old games against the Jags and, you, you know, experience in playoff games as a matter. He's like, no. No, and he's and – he's, he's, he's dead on. He's dead on. I mean, first – and the other thing, too, is that he wasn't uh, with the Patriots going back into 1996 anyway. It <laughs> uh, was, was the tuna, right? Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. It was Bill Parcells, yeah. uh, Drew Bledsoe. And uh, – but, you know, look – I think he's the greatest coach of all time. 
You know, and it's hard to argue, right? Well, well, I mean, well, you, you, you can, you can make guess, the argument because you know what? Uh, I mean, look, you, you can't make the argument about about coaches in the Super Bowl era because he has more than any of them. Uh, but you know, you you could you could argue that there were some that you know that were in his class, you know, and then if you go back before the Super Bowl era, you could talk about you know Lombardi and Hallis and Lambeau because they I think won five or six mm-hmm. NFL titles back in that era. But I mean. Think about the, how challenging it is to win now. Just one, right? I mean, well, win anything. Well, you know? and the reason I say that, first of all, you know, going all the way back into the old era, mm-hmm. there weren't 32 teams, okay? Uh, they didn't have salary cap and free agency era, you know, mixed in. You know, so so what he's been able to accomplish, I mean, is, is truly amazing. I mean, you're talking nine consecutive division titles, Nine consecutive division titles. Think about that. Seven consecutive AFC championship games. What? I mean, are you kidding me? Right. I mean, the, the, yeah. the, the success is unparalleled. Unparalleled. And it helps to have a Tom Brady to do it with. Yeah, Tom Brady on the injury report did not practice today. I would expect him to yeah, go on come Sunday on, in the AFC yeah, Championship game. Uh, if you're on our flagship station, XL, stick around. Jags Thursday is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the Doug Marone Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.